and welcome back to the Heart to Handle Sports Podcast. This is episode number 47. My name is Ismael San Juan. Thank you so much for being here. The NBA Hall of Fame induction speech just concluded. Shout out to all the Hall of Fame, all the Hall of Famers for the 2020 year. The Clippers lose to the Rockets. Are they ducking the Lakers or is it just a smart strategic move? Manchester City win their third Premier League title in four years. Shout out to Manchester City. The FA Cup, FA Cup final was this morning. Leicester beat Chelsea 1-0. Also, the NFL released their schedule earlier this week. We'll touch on the most interesting games for this upcoming season. And the Raiders have a nightclub in their end zone. We'll touch on how crazy that is going to be. All of this on this episode of the Hearts Handle Sports Podcast. Let's get started. First and foremost, I just want to congratulate all the Hall of Famers for this 2020 year the 2021 um basketball hall of fame will happen in june i believe but this is just for the 2020 year it got pushed back because of the pandemic but i just want to congratulate all the hall of famers kobe bryant tim duncan kevin garnett eddie sutton rudy tom janovich tamika catchings uh kim moki and barbara stevens and patrick bauman Shout out to all of the Basketball Hall of Famers. Uh, It was inspiring. It was great hearing everyone's story, how they came from like low beginnings and they moved up through the rankings, Um, seeing the women's coaches, their trajectory. One of them said that they didn't even want to coach and someone told them to coach and they turned out to be one of the best coaches out there, coached for 20 plus years. Just a lot of these stories were great. They were amazing. it was just, it was an incredible night. I, I love seeing people get a, get recognition. I like seeing people uh, get their their due, get their uh, their shine. I think it was a great, great thing to see. But if I'm being honest, the main reason I was watching was for my boy Kobe Bryant. Uh, he's my favorite player of all time. He's my favorite basketball player of all time. I grew up. I grew up watching him. I grew up admiring him. I was devastated when he died. And I'm not going to lie. I dropped a few tears when Vanessa Bryant went up there and um, gave the gave the speech for Kobe Bryant because, unfortunately, he's not here with us anymore. And that was very hard. That was very touching. Um, uh, my condolences are with the Bryant family, with all her, his daughters, um, his parents, Vanessa Bryant, it's just it, it brought all those emotions back from last year when Kobe Bryant passed away. Uh, it brought all the emotions that I felt at the beginning of this year when it was the one year anniversary, and it uh, it was just it was just very very touching. But Vanessa Bryant said it best: "There's no one like Kobe Bryant. He had an amazing career. Uh, no one worked harder than Kobe Bryant. Uh, no one loved basketball more than Kobe Bryant." And he loved the game, and I think that's the thing I took the the thing that I took the most away from this was that Kobe Bryant loved his fans. Um, when Vanessa Bryant was describing why Kobe Bryant always played through injuries, she she described that uh, Kobe Bryant remembered going to his favorite players' game, and he had nosebleeds, and how much he enjoyed that. And like Kobe Bryant, and his dad would get nosebleeds, and just to watch his favorite player, which was Michael Jordan, who was standing right there next to Vanessa Bryant, and how much that meant to Kobe Bryant, how much he cherished just being in the nosebleeds, not even being, not even having good seats, but being there live in person, being able to see his favorite player. 
And he always remembered that once once he was an NBA player, he always remembered how he felt when he was a little kid, being in those nosebleeds and experiencing NBA basketball live. So he said that as long as he could play, as long as it didn't hurt too, too much, he, he was going to persevere through it and give it all to his fans. And I think uh, that's why Kobe touched so many people, because he left it out. He always left it out on the court. He never, he never, you know, he never let the, the fans down. He was always there. Uh, he was a competitor, snapping a finger back, playing through injuries, coming back from the Achilles. You name it, Kobe did it. And I think it was a beautiful speech by Vanessa Bryant. If you guys haven't seen it, I'm sure there's it's circling all over Twitter. It's circling all over YouTube, I'm pretty sure. So if you missed it, if you didn't get a chance to watch it, I would suggest that you guys go watch it. It was it was very touching. Like I said, I dropped a few tears. It was it was incredible. And uh, also, I, I like I like the Tim Duncan. I like how he thanked everybody. His story is crazy. How he came from the islands and he got recruited on on like a pickup game, and then he went to Wake Forest, I believe. And then from that, Popovich picked him for the Spurs. And then you know everyone knows the rest is history. Uh, everyone's story was very touching. Kevin Garnett's the big ticket. He was he was dope too. Like this is the this is the greatest Hall of Fame class ever um, in basketball and football and soccer. You name it, the any Hall of Fame. I believe this is the greatest Hall of Fame class ever. Just the sheer amount of stars. Just if you just put Kobe Bryant, Tim Duncan, and Kevin Garnett, that is already the greatest class ever. And then there's a lot of other deserving Hall of Famers that were in here too. But Tim Duncan and Kobe Bryant, they're two of the top 10 players in the NBA being inducted into the Hall of Fame at the same time. Kevin Garnett, probably a top 20 player in the NBA, in NBA history. So just incredible, incredible talent. It was an incredible ceremony. I, I, I really enjoyed it. I haven't really watched too many of these. I've watched a few, but this is the first time that I watched it the whole way through. And it was very touching. It was inspiring. Um, it's really motivational, like where where some people came from and where they got the heights that they achieved. And like I said, it was just an homage to my boy Kobe Bryant. Uh, he's right here in the back. He, I have a a little painting there too. Uh, he's my favorite player, and like like I said, it was very touching. Vanessa Bryant showed toughness. She, she her voice didn't crack to like the very very end um, when she was thanking Kobe Bryant. But yeah, if you guys haven't seen it, make sure to take a look and give it a peep. Is I guarantee you that you won't be wasting your time. It was it's a great ceremony. It was one of the best Hall of Fame class ever. So. Make sure to go look at the ceremony. But moving along, the Clippers lost to the Rockets. People think they're ducking the Lakers because of that loss and the way the other games played out. The Clippers and the Lakers cannot play each other in the first round. Uh, the Clippers guaranteed themselves a different opponent. If the Lakers win and Portland loses, the Lakers get the sixth seed. Portland goes into the uh, play-in, but then the Clippers fall to number four, and the Nuggets go to number three. If if the Nuggets lose, then the Nuggets move to number four, but the Clippers move up. I mean, the Lakers move up to number six. I don't know how the scenarios work. I put I put the images up here saying how it works out, but basically, with the with the Clippers losing to the Rockets, they guarantee that they won't play the Lakers in the first round. 
And a lot of people are calling uh, the Clippers for that strategic move. They're saying they're scared of the Lakers. They're ducking them. And, I mean, as a Laker fan, I kind of agree. It does look that way. But as just a fan of strategy and, you know, playing, like, making chess moves, thinking two steps ahead, it makes sense for the Clippers to do this. In my opinion, they're the most dangerous team in the West after the Lakers or including the Lakers. They're like neck and neck. I don't believe in the Jazz. Sorry, Jazz fans. I don't believe in the Suns. I would believe in the in the Nuggets, but they lost Jamal Murray. And I mean, I love I love Luka, but I don't believe in the Mavs. So it's really going to come down to the Clippers and the Lakers, in my opinion. And why would the Clippers want to play the Lakers in the first round? That's going to be the most competitive is going to take a lot of energy is going to get them if, if they move on if I'm, I'm pretty sure the clippers they don't they don't realistically think they're going to lose to the lakers they have to believe that they could beat them oh that's we'll see if, if they cross pass how that plays out but the clippers have to believe that they're going to beat the lakers but even if they didn't or even if they did why would they want to play them in the first round it doesn't make sense like if they do play them in the first round and let's say they beat them, the Lakers are not going to go down easily. They're going to put up a fight and the Clippers are going to be tired. They're going to be worn and then they're going to be more susceptible to losing in the second round after playing the Lakers and getting upset in the second round. So why would the Clippers want that? Why would the Clippers want to go into the second round having played a grueling series with the Lakers, having played probably the Lakers, AD and LeBron and Montrez and Andre Drummond and all these guys for six, seven games. Why would they want to do that and then go into the round two depleted going against the Suns or somebody just, and they're probably licking their chops. They're like, damn, if we're going to beat them, this is our best, best shot after they play each other. Like if like the other teams probably don't think that they could beat them. They they know the star power that the Clippers have. They know the star power that the Lakers have. You're going up against PG. You're going up against Kawhi. You're going up against LeBron and AD. It's going to be hard for any of these other teams to eliminate either of the LA teams. The other teams are probably hoping that the Lakers and the Clippers play against each other at the beginning, knock each other out, weaken each other, and whoever moves on is the easier target for the other six whoever is there to play them. So I don't blame the Clippers for doing this, although I would like to jump on that Lakers bandwagon and just roast the Clippers and just say, hey, you guys are ducking us. You guys don't want that smoke. You know, you guys you guys know you guys are going to lose. AD and LeBron are better than Kawhi and PG. You know, I want to I wanna, I wanna go up here and say this, but realistically, like, it's a strategic move and it makes sense. Like, if I was a coach, if I was the GM, like, I wouldn't maybe explicitly tell my players, but you know what Tyron Lue did, just, you know, rest some players, play some other players like nine, ten minutes, and then just call it a day. You're like, you know what? Let's let's give some other 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 players some playing time. Let's see if any of them could spark up for the for this playoff run. But I honestly I don't blame them. All jokes aside, I don't blame the Clippers for doing this. It's it's smart, it's strategic. Um that's one of the things that people were complaining about the Champions League that they wanted to see like a City Bayern final that it, like they were going to play in the semifinals. It didn't end up happening. Bayern ended up losing to PSG. 
but I'm pretty sure everybody wanted to see the two heavy hitters go at it at the end and not like in the semis. And I think the way the Clippers fixed it, they tanked. Uh, it's pretty obvious that they tanked. Now, if both teams stay on the course, we're able to see a Clippers and a Lakers Western Conference Final. And I think that would be more entertaining. Yeah, it would have been fun to see them in the first round. Just get it over with. Like, we've been craving this matchup in the playoffs for the past two years. Like, it didn't happen last year because the Clippers blew a 3-1 lead against Nuggets. And the Lakers, you know, they took care of their end and they won the championship. So, like, I'm I'm dying to see it. I'm dying to see it in the playoffs. I know there's Clipper fans out there that want their revenge. They want they want the Lakers. Uh, there's Laker fans that, that want to just prove that, hey, even if you guys would have won last year, if you guys would have beaten the Nuggets, we would have still beaten you. So everyone wants this matchup. It would have been fun to get it in the first round. But now we can wait, and hopefully both of them do make it to the Western Conference Final this year. But all in all, I am rooting for that to happen. I don't blame the Clippers for strategically manipulating the seating. It makes sense. It's strategic. I don't blame them for that. It, it could seem as a soft move. I can get how other people would criticize them. Or, you know, throw jabs at them, make fun at Clipper fans. That, that makes sense. But the strategy is sound, and I respect it. But moving along, Manchester City win their third Premier League in four years after Leicester beat Manchester United on Tuesday, I believe. Manchester City have captured the Premier League this season. Uh, it was we could see it coming. City was the best team throughout the throughout the year. They had a rough start. Uh, I believe they were in 13th place after seven games, but then they steadied the ship. Pep Guardiola got them to believe in each other, and they played the best football. Clearly, the best football in England. They got in a roll. Um, they made key signings. Uh, Ruben Diaz, you know, one of the best center backs in the. In the world, probably the best center back in the world right now. He really changed that defense. He transformed that defense. They're super solid in the back. They don't they don't really allow goals. They don't really concede goals. They're, they don't play with the striker. Um, it, Pep Guardiola has transformed this team. They had a great season. It's 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 incredible what City has done. You know, ever since they got that oil money, ever since they got infused with a lot of money to spend, um, they've came through and they've they're one of the elite teams in. And all of football and all of European soccer, definitely in England, uh, they're a staple now. Everyone thinks of Manchester City now when you talk about the big teams. You talk about the favorites for Champions League. You talk about the favorites for the Premier League. You're always going to talk about City. You're always going to talk about uh, Pep Guardiola and like the signings that they make. So it's impressive. Uh, round of applause for Manchester City for winning their third Premier League in four years. Amazing, amazing accomplishment. Uh, another... Uh, another fun fact that I was reading is since they got that oil money and what year was it? Um, I believe it was like 2013, 2012. They have not finished outside of the top two in those nine years. So ever since then, ever since they got that money, they've been they've only finished outside of the top two two years. So that's pretty incredible. That's pretty that's a pretty eye popping number. Um, but for me. Although winning the Premier League is very impressive, it's probably the most competitive league in the world. The people rate it as the number one league everywhere, uh, official websites. It's, it's ranked the strongest league in the world, and I think that's fair. 
I, I used to be a La Liga fanboy, but it's fair that the Premier League is ranked as the best league in the world. But for City, after all the money they, they're spending, like this is not enough. I know they're in the Champions League final and we'll see if they're able to win it. But they did get the they they got the League Cup, they got the Premier League. They're on trouble watch right now. If they win the Champions League, uh, that's the one that I want to see them win to really justify all the money that they've been spending, to really justify, you know, Pep Guardiola, this program, uh, to really to really start, like, you know, cementing their history in Manchester because I know Manchester City fans, I know there's a lot of running jokes out there of what Manchester City fans, they're all plastic fans, they weren't there. I'm pretty sure they, there is loyal fans that were there through the rough times. Um when they were relegated in the 90s or when they were, like, doing really bad. There's fans out there that have been there through thick and thin, although it is a running joke that City doesn't have fans. And But I'm pretty sure there is there is diehard fans out there for City and even the new fans to justify this, to start, to, to put some validity to their, to their claims. Now that they've won a lot of Premier League titles these last few years and how United have struggled since Sir, since Sir Alex Ferguson left, City fans have been wanting to say that Manchester is blue, Manchester is blue, it's not red, it's blue. The only way they're going to be able to really say that is if they win some European silverware. Because it's, it's going to be hard to catch up to United with all their Premier League titles, with all their um, you know, first division England titles. But if they start winning Champions League titles, then they'll be able to start saying Manchester is blue, Europe is blue. You know. So for City fans, I, I hope you guys win. As a neutral, I mean, I, 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 Chelsea is cool too. City is cool too. I don't really, I don't really matter. It doesn't really matter to me who wins. But if you're a City fan, I think that's the one that you're looking for. That's the one that's gonna really validate this program. I don't want to take anything away from it. This program has been successful. Premier League is the most competitive league in the world. So winning it three out of four years, five times in nine years, I believe it's it's a great program. It's 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 working, but. They need to win this Champions League. And if not this year, they got to keep going at it every single year till they get it. And then maybe, then maybe, it's going to take a while, but then maybe Manchester might be a sliver of blue. Also, the FA Cup final was this morning on Saturday. Leicester City played Chelsea for the FA Cup final. And Leicester win 1-0 with the banger of a goal for Tillemans, he scored outside of the box, top left corner, amazing, amazing strike. Tillemans, what a wonderful strike. Honestly, before that, the game had been dull. It had been like 60 minutes of just really good defense, not a lot of creativity, not a lot of chances, not a lot of saves by the keepers. It took a moment of brilliance by Turi uh, Tillemans, Yuri Tillemans. Amazing, amazing strike. And then after that, the hero of the game was Schmeichel having two key saves, uh, one on the bottom right, stopping a header, and then another just absolute reflex of a save, stopping a, a, a strike from inside of the box. Just incredible, incredible reflexes. And Leicester City is your 2021 FA Cup champions. It's amazing scenes. It validates what people were saying when the European Super League was trying to get introduced, when it was trying to be formed, that the European... The English pyramid works. Leicester are the the symbol. Leicester is the symbol for all the smaller teams. They're like the beacon of light. 
if you need hope, if you're a fan of any of these smaller teams, Leicester City is your beacon of light. It's your hope. You look at Leicester City and, and they make you believe that one day your team could be Leicester City. Your team could move up the rankings, could win the Premier League, could you know make smart investments, could flip players, sell, sell some of their key players, keep an icon with their team like Vardy, like Morgan, like Schmeichel. Keep some of the cores, you know, sell some other players, sell Conte, sell Marez, sell Drinkwater, you know, make some profits and then invest them smartly, have a good scout system, bring Fafana in, bring Madison in, bring Tillemans in, bring Hiniacho, you know, just smart investments, Pereira, just bring in young players with a lot of potential, hone their talents and run it back. And it looks like Leicester has a chance to finish top four and go into Champions League again. They won the FA Cup. You know, they're one of the top six. They're one of the premier teams in the Premier League now. Yeah, I said premier twice. But Leicester really validates the pyramid of England. And it gives, as a Wolves fan, it gives me a lot of hope. It gives me inspiration. It, it, it really, like, just ignites my fire for the Wolves to potentially be what, the, what Leicester is right now. Like, why can't the Wolves win the FA Cup? Why can't the Wolves win the Premier League? If Leicester could do it, another team, another small team could do it. So shout out to Leicester. They're the reserved winners. Chelsea didn't really do much uh, throughout the 90 minutes. Uh, they sh- they're they the team with, you know, the big wage wheels. They're, they were supposed to be the aggressors uh, for all the praise that Thomas Tuchel has gotten. I think he got his selection wrong. I think it was a little too defensive. I think Pulisic should have started. I don't get uh, the Warner selection. He hasn't been clutch. He hasn't been scoring goals. He's been getting assists, or maybe. But uh, he, I think he could have played other players. I think he could, he got his selections wrong. But that takes nothing away from Leicester City. It was inspirational. They played inspired football. And Schmeichel, shout out to Schmeichel for making key saves at key moments. Uh, shout out to Morgan. Uh, you know, he was the captain that lifted the Premier League title. He got some minutes at the end. It looked like he was going to get an own goal that was going to tie the game. Another controversial VAR decision. It seems to happen every week. There's another VAR decision this week. Was it offsides? Was it not offsides? You guys tell me. It looked very, very close, but we all know how England calls VAR, how England calls offsides. Was he off by a millimeter? You know, everyone can have their own opinion. In the end, the referee calls offsides. Leicester's are Leicester City is your FA Cup 2021 champions. Inspiring, inspiring stuff. Like it was great, amazing scenes. I'm happy for Vardy. I'm happy for Morgan. I'm happy for Tielemans. I'm happy for Schmeichel. I'm happy for Brendan Rodgers. I think I I really like Brendan Rodgers. I like his style of soccer. I like his his tactics. I, I think he deserved to have won it with Liverpool before Gerard slipped. He was supposed to be the one getting all the credit. Imagine how different the world of football would be right now if Brendan Rodgers would have been able to get that championship with Liverpool. Where would Suarez be? Would he still be there with Liverpool? Uh, where would Klopp be? I'm pretty sure that's a different timeline. He wouldn't really. I don't think he would have been with Liverpool. Brendan Rodgers would have gotten a longer, longer string with Liverpool to fix things. Um, he would have probably had like more capital to make investments to to bring more players in. Crazy, crazy to think what would have happened if Brendan Rodgers' Liverpool team could have held on to win that Premier League title. 
But I'm happy for him. I, I enjoy his football. Uh, I enjoy the, his tactics. I think he's made Leicester even more fun to watch. And a pivotal game is coming up against Chelsea again. They play again on Tuesday. Uh, we'll see how the teams line up. We'll see if Chelsea gets their revenge on Leicester City. And Chelsea. Chelsea were... They could have gotten a double this year. They could have won the FA Cup. They could have won Champions League. And it would have been a great season. And now, losing the FA Cup, if they lose to Leicester on Tuesday, they could fall out of the top four. And if they lose to City in the Champions League, they could walk out with no Champions League title, no Champions League next year, and just empty-handed, which would be crazy. And it is probable because I know City is the favorite against Chelsea in the Champions League. And Leicester just beat them today. So is it impossible to think that Leicester could beat them on Tuesday? And Liverpool is right on their heels. So if Liverpool wins out and Chelsea loses to Leicester on Tuesday, they're pretty much out of Champions League. So it's just crazy to think about it. Um, if you're Chelsea, you're probably rooting for, I believe it's Manchester United who's in the uh, in the Europa League final. If, if, if United wins that, then I think the fifth team would also make Champions League. So it's just crazy scenarios right now. We'll see how it plays out. But congratulations to Leicester City from the bottom of my heart. It was it was not the most entertaining game for 63 minutes. After the goal, it got pretty interesting. Key saves by Schmeichel. Banger of a goal by Tillemans. An amazing story. An amazing five years for Leicester City. You give all the small teams all over the world hope and inspiration to continue to fight, continue to, you know, strive for bigger things. And as a Wolf fans, I am very appreciative of that. The 2021 NFL season has been released. There's a lot of big games. There's a lot of interesting games. There's a lot of storylines that we got to touch on that we are going to see in 2021. Um, here are the one of the best ones. Let's start with the biggest one. On week four, Tampa Bay Buccaneers go to New England to play the Patriots. The first time Tom Brady is going to come back and play Bill Belichick. The first time he's going to go back into Gillette Stadium um, to go into Robert Kraft's stadium home and play the Patriots, who, was there, who he was there with for 20 years, won numerous championships. That's going to be... Set set your date, week four. Um, he's coming back with Rob, Rob Gronkowski too. After winning the Super Bowl with Bill Belichick, you know, winning free agency, getting all these good tight ends, retooling for next year. That's the biggest game of the year, in my opinion. Week four, don't bother me. I'm gonna be watching that game Sunday Night Football. Bucks at Patriots. That's gonna be a crazy one. The opener is also gonna be a good one. Uh, is Dak Prescott going to be healthy? That's that's the key point. Dallas Cowboys at the Buccaneers to open the NFL season. The champions, Buccaneers against America's team, the Dallas Cowboys, who are going to try to you know make big things happen this year. And Dak Prescott should be coming back. So that's another big one. Um, Green Bay Packers at Chiefs week nine. That's whew, Aaron Rodgers against Mahomes. Uh, hopefully Aaron Rodgers is still with the Packers. That that game would be amazing. Two of the best throwers in NFL history. Possibly the two best throwers of the football in NFL history going at it. Uh, that that one's going to be insane. 
Buffalo Bills at Chiefs, you know, two AFC championship game. Um, rematch. Jared, uh, what's his name? Josh Allen against Patrick Mahomes. I was going to say Jared Allen. Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes going at it. Rematch of the AFC championship game. Probably the two favorites to come out of the AFC again, depending how you rank the Bills this year. At two very mobile quarterbacks that make a lot of highlight plays, that extend the play, that you know push players off of them, make improvised throws. It's, it's just exciting. I'm excited already. Just Buffalo Bills against the Chiefs. Uh, Browns against the Steelers, Week 17. Who's who's going to be the alpha on the NFC North? Um, that's another good one. The Chiefs against the Ravens. If, if you don't have the Bills as one of the top AFC teams or the second AFC team, you probably have the Ravens. Uh, is Lamar Jackson going to be able to take that jump this year? Is he going to finally be able to beat Patrick Mahomes? That's another great game. Uh, New York Jets against Carolina Panthers week one. Darnold playing the Jets again. Uh, the Jets going into the Panthers' home with Zach Wilson against Sam Darnold. I know Sam Darnold is going to want to win this one very, very bad. The Jets did retool pretty good. They got, they got some key free agent signings. They got Zach Wilson. If Zach Wilson's able to get this victory, man, I'm I'm sure th- those Jets fans are going to go crazy. They're going to think he's a savior. They're going to they're probably going to bash um Darnold on Twitter. They're going to go crazy. But that's a key one for the Panthers and for the Jets. <clears throat> I think it's a little bit more important for the Panthers and for um Sam Darnold. It would be I would feel embarrassed or I would be like pretty let down if I'm Sam Darnold. And, you know, I'm thinking that this is a great new opportunity for me, that the Jets were the problem. I'm Like it wasn't me, it was the Jets. It was just a bad situation. Like give me a better team and I'll show you what I could do. And then in your first game with that new team, you lose to that old team that you were kind of complaining about or that people were saying that that's the reason you weren't good. That's a good one. And, uh, Packers against 49ers week three. Who's going to be the starter for the Niners? Is it going to be Garoppolo? Is it going to be Trey Lance? Again, is, is it going to be Aaron Rodgers? Are the San Francisco 49ers going to be, you know, one of those one of those uh, headliners for this year? Are they going to be a playoff team? Are they going to be one of the best teams in the NFC? Or are they going to be stumbling out of the gate? I think that's a good one. Patriots at Carolina Panthers week nine, hopefully. Cam Newton still the starter by week nine. Um, they did draft the quarterback Mac Jones in the first round. So we'll see if he's able to you know be the starter the whole season. But hopefully Cam Newton is the starter for the Patriots on week nine, and he has a great game against the Panthers. And he just goes off and he shows them that he still got it. Uh, I like Cam Newton, so I would like that to happen. Um, week thirteen, the Jaguars against the New York Jets. I mean, week sixteen. The Jaguars against the Jets, Zach Wilson's against Trevor Lawrence, the number one and the number two pick going at it. That's just going to be an amazing game. And also the Ravens at the Las Vegas Raiders week one, the first time there's going to be fans in Las Vegas. They're going to welcome the Ravens. I think that game is going to be completely, completely insane. First time Vegas is going to have fans. Uh, I know the Raiders, they didn't want to partially accept fans last year because they said, once we open this stadium, we want it to be, like, you know, booming. We want it to be loud and we want it to be a party in here. So I know that week one game in Las Vegas is going to be insane. And on another note, 
these Raider tickets have been very expensive. So I know all the Raider games are probably going to be a, a must-see, a spectacle in Las Vegas. Which brings me to my next point. <clears throat> oh, yeah. But anyways, these games, they're all amazing. Some notable, some no, some other notable games. Uh, I believe in week one, the Chargers play the Washington football team. The Offensive Rookie of the Year against the Defensive Rookie of the Year. Uh, going at it. That's another good game. Uh, week 14, the Bills at Tampa Bay. Josh Allen against Tom Brady. That should be another good game. Um, week 3, Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Rams. Week number 3, um, Tom Brady going into the new LA Rams stadium. That's going to be a good one. But yeah, the NFL is must watch TV most of the time. And this NFL release, this NFL schedule release just proves it again. Like everybody was so hyped. I was I was losing my mind when I was seeing the schedule, the matchups, uh the primetime games. I think uh these Sunday night games are all like really, really good. If if you have Sundays off, if if you have Sunday nights off, if you're able to watch those games, which I, I think they have the best coverage which makes sense. It is primetime. But even out of all the primetime games, Thursday night, Monday night, Sunday night, I think Sunday night has the best coverage. And they definitely have better coverage than, like, uh, the CBS and the Fox one, the Fox regular games on Sunday. But if you're off on Sunday nights, that Sunday night schedule is amazing. It's great. Every week is going to be a great matchup. So what do you guys think? What, what are you guys excited about? Um, what's your team? What's, what's the game you're looking forward to the most? for your team or what week are you seeing and you're like damn this is gonna be some good football this week let me know uh let me know in the comments or let me know what do you guys think and to finish off the raiders are gonna have a nightclub in one of their end zones which is just insane uh some of the pictures that have been released it just it looks like it's gonna be a great time it looked like it's gonna be a crazy experience the Raiders are completely embracing that Las Vegas feel that Las Vegas vibe nightclub in the end zone just sounds insane I know those tickets are about to be crazy crazy expensive they are partner partnering with the win so I'm pretty sure they're gonna have some type of packages where if you stay at the win and you get a ticket for the game then you might you know get a ticket for the <clears throat> for the nightclub too but i'm very excited to see how this works out i'm very excited to see if if this is sustainable if, if everything goes good like is it a permanent thing or is it like are they trying it out and then if like you know too many people get too drunk or you know something bad happens if they just cut it i hope it works out but i do have some predictions i think if there's going to be a streaker in any of these raider games which i think it is likely even before this i think it's going to come from this section Someone's going to get hammered. Someone's going to get really drunk, uh, not even know what's going on. And they're going to, you know, get that liquid courage and they're going to go into the end zone. I also made a prediction that I think if we ever see someone, you know, uh, if we see a lady lift their tops, it's going to come from that section. I just think a lot of crazy stuff is going to happen from that section. Streakers, you know, I don't know. A lot of crazy stuff is going to happen. This, I wonder if, I don't know what the height of the end zone, like like if you do the Lambo leap on that end zone, like are you going to end up on the nightclub? Could you like and realistically just flip and end up on the dance floor or something? I don't know. But I think this is a great idea for the Raiders. I don't know if it would work out for a lot of these other teams that are like in the middle of nowhere. I'm pretty sure the Chiefs couldn't do this. 
like it wouldn't make sense they're in the cold they get they get snow but for the vegas it makes sense i think they're completely embracing that las vegas culture and it makes perfect sense um i wonder what type of djs if, if djs are going to be lining up to get that that dj set to be a dj at that arena i wonder if it's going to be distracting for the players because a lot of times you know the raiders are trying to keep quiet if their offense is on the field i wonder if you if the whole stadium's trying to keep quiet when the raiders are you know marching down the field trying to score a touchdown to tie the game or you know win the game is that is that nightclub still going to be like just booming and playing music or are they going to stop it and they're going to be like hey the Raiders are marching down the field. I know you guys want to party, but we got to keep quiet. It's just a lot of things are crossing my mind. What do you guys think? You think it's a good idea? You think it's going to work? Do you guys think some crazy stuff is going to happen out of it? Um, like I said, I predict that someone's going to, there's going to be a streaker that comes out of that end zone and there's going to be someone that flashes the camera from that end zone. But I hope it works. I hope it sticks around. It seems like a great concept. If I ever have the chance to go, and the prices aren't too too steep i would like to check it out but let me know what you guys think is it possible to keep is it going to be fun how expensive do you guys think this is going to be but all in all from all the pictures that are popping up it looks like it's going to be a great time and hopefully the raider fans anyone that makes any of the away teams that are playing the raiders this year i hope if you guys get into that nightclub i hope you guys have a great time it looks like it's going to be a crazy experience it's going to be Something that if you're able to get into, is like a talking point. It's something to brag about. Like, oh, you know, I just pulled up to watch the Charger game, and I, I was at the nightclub, you know, just watching the game and just dancing. Yeah, Tiesto was, Tiesto was you know, doing his DJ set right behind me as, uh, as Keenan Allen caught the game-winning touchdown. He had like a sick bass drop, and it was just the sickest thing ever. I don't know. It, it seems like it's going to be a great time. What do you guys think? Is it going to work or not? But that's it for this podcast episode, episode number 47. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, my name is Ismael San Juan. Thank you for supporting. And I'll do probably do an episode on Tuesday previewing the plane. And thank you so much. Have a great rest of your day.